Hi, everyone. It's Jen Nawal. And on this week's episode of the Leadership Habit Podcast, we did our first three-person interview. And I sat down with Hillary Blair and Dr. Robin Miller, who co-own the organization Articulate Real and Clear. They coach corporate teams and individuals to elevate presence, communication, and connection. Articulate clients include AWS, Lumen, the ACLU, and MD Anderson. Let me tell you a little bit about each of the individuals that we're going to be talking to today. Hillary is a professional communication coach with years of experience as a voiceover artist and stage actor. She has been coaching, training, and facilitating for 35 plus years. She guides and challenges others to communicate more powerfully. These include the enthusiastic and reluctant alike. An interesting fact about Hillary Blair is that she once worked on a sheep ranch in Montana and binges on the show Heartland on Netflix. Now, let me tell you about our other guest, Dr. Robin Miller, who is an energized executive coach whose primary purpose is to support others to be more adaptable and embrace the shifts needed to connect to their teams and their clients. She has seen leaders make amazing shifts through difficult situations and by making intentional choices. Her insight is that the most difficult leaders and employees usually have the hugest heart without the, quote, know-how, quote, of how to share it. Drawing on their experiences in the performing arts, Hillary and Robin highlight the nuances of individual communication so their clients will thrive while being seen and understood. And today, the three of us are going to be sitting down and flipping the script on typical feedback conversations. We are going to be talking about what you can do to be a better receiver of feedback. Enjoy. Hi, everyone. It's Jen Wall, And on this week's episode of The Leadership Habit, I am so happy to sit down with the co-owners of Articulate. Now, they are new to you, but they are not new to me. And I know today we are going to be talking all about feedback. But here's the twist. It's not just about how you give feedback. It's how you receive it. And here I want to introduce you for the first time in Crestcom history. We are actually going to be interviewing two people at once. So today on the show, I have Hillary. Blair and Dr. Robin Miller, could you please just both go ahead and introduce yourself to the Crestcom Leadership Habit audience? Yes. Hello, Hillary here. And I am labeled as the CEO. When you co-own a business, you kind of trade skills back and forth. The title, CEO and co-founder. I am obsessed with people's voices being heard, literally and figuratively. And as leaders, how do we make sure that we remain in relationship with the people with whom we work and lead? And how do we make sure that we understand that we need to listen as much as we speak, the difference between being a coach and a leader and all of those different elements, making sure basically that we know which role we're playing when and when do we pause and allow for the other? Like Dr. Miller. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dr. Robin Miller, and I also co-own Articulate Real and Clear. I spend my days being the COO for the business in CFO, and then I also spend the majority of my time doing executive coaching. So I'm the person that gets to sit with people who are delivering the feedback as well as people who are being promoted up through companies who need to figure out how do I receive the feedback and both sides learning, you know, what are the rules? Uh, what, what goes outside the box? What, what speaks to today's environment and how do we make it so that when we're trying to move our careers and individuals forward for people that we're, we're managing or leading, what's the most effective way to do that? Not just speak words into the air yet have those words heard and help people learn from them. So it's great to be here with you today. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy. And does one of you, because I, I want our audience to know like what you do with Articulate Real and Clear, because you go into organizations and you help teams and leaders. Could you tell them what you guys do? Because I, I would love for our audience to know, this is why we want to listen to both Dr. Robin Miller and Hillary Blair right now. What do you guys do at Articulate Real and Clear? We are committed to guiding, inspiring, launching people into the conversations that connect authentically. We use the discipline and the techniques of the performing arts. So articulate 
all of us come from the professional performing arts background. And we are using that, that platform focus. And again, I will say the discipline, you see that I'm avoiding the words tips and tricks. <laughs> so we're avoiding <laughs> tips and tricks because we find that when people gather tips and tricks and even reading them without having them incorporated into their being and how that that tip, when it becomes a technique, is influenced by the individual. And that's what we learned in the performing arts. Everybody can play the same role. Let's take a Shakespeare play. Let's take any contemporary role. We can all play that role. What is that individual energy, spin, focus, impact that we bring to it. So that individuality is super important. And we really, the big bucket is presence. And presence is a verb, not a destination. So instead of it being a checkbox, do they have presence? We say, are we doing, are we stepping into, are we activating the elements that allow me to be present? Am I connecting to you with my voice, my words? Is the message organized in the correct way? What does it mean to be present? And then, of course, we have presence. We need to focus on the verb aspect, not the checkbox. They have presence or executive presence. And we even now are exploring the idea of executive presence is a term that carries with it some weight of the past and some ideas and perhaps constrictions of the past that don't allow for the nuances of our changing leadership and cohorts and organizations. So we are saying authentic leadership presence. Yes. And I love that you help people with presence because receiving feedback coming from a person that did not apply executive presence in a few rounds of feedback when I was in my twenties, <laughs> it is a fab it's, it's essential because our feedback yeah. that's, that's when someone is being meaningful with us and saying, I'm going to give you some feedback. Maybe, you know, maybe it's coming from a place of love. Maybe it's not, but if they're still taking the time to give feedback, maybe we can turn our ear up and actually gain something. So let's kick it out because we're talking again. We're flipping the script on you. You might be thinking that we're talking about how to get feedback. We're not. We're talking about how to receive feedback. And you guys have used the phrase feedback from another angle. Like So when we think about just beginning our journey and how we can be better receivers of feedback, what would be the starting place for that? So if I turn to you, Jen, and I said, hey, I have some feedback for you. What we would work with you on is you get to say, really? Do you want it now? Do you want it later? Do you want one thing? What is the goal of it? So if I'm coming to you and saying, I have it, you get to establish some boundaries. And that presence means that you keep your tone and connection and saying, great, I love feedback. Can we do it? tomorrow? Can we do it later today? What are you looking for the goal to be of the feedback? Really making sure that as the receiver, you set the boundaries with enthusiasm, right? The idea being that so often you're like, oh, okay, I'm ready. Go. And we shut down. We don't remain in relationship. We tend to have a wall come down and we're bracing ourselves. So if you come to me and say you have feedback for me, I'm like, Great. Want to hear it. Not great right now. And it can be having to do with where I am, how I'm feeling right now, other things going on, what happened yesterday. And the other element of it is that I get to come to you and say, Jen, I would like some feedback. What I'm looking for is affirmation. Here's what, bup, 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 bup. or Jen, I'm looking for some feedback. I'd really like some input. Boom, boom, boom. So I am establishing first. Or I have, Jen, I would like some feedback on this. I really want a decision. I am setting the boundaries initially for what I want and what I'm looking for. And if you go wandering off and start giving me other things, how do I recognize that I get to have the, the power is, maybe that word power can be too much for people. You simply get to own your space and what you're receiving. So I get to establish my boundaries and go, great, Jen, that feedback's awesome. What I'm really looking for right now is this. Can be hard. Robin, I know Robin, you have, Robin's ready. Robin's ready to jump in. (laughs) 
I think because we believe words create worlds. And as a coach, the I would love to think that everything that was ever offered to me in feedback was really what I would call feed forward. Mm-hmm. We're giving someone some input so that as they move forward, they're able to take that in and make a difference. And I think even if we use the word feed forward to say Hillary is my employee and I say, I need to give you some feed forward, that opens her up to being able to hear it even more. And then she can say, like she was just doing, oh, that feed forward's great. I'm able to hear one or two things right now. (laughs) And if there are others, kind of like putting it in a meeting parking lot, can we revisit that later? But let's just stick with these one or two things so I can process them. I I think also with this feed forward is that we often, uh, what I have found in my experience coaching leaders Candid conversations are difficult and it usually involves this feed forward and we will get into a meeting and we will waste the first 45 minutes of a meeting because we don't feel comfortable providing the feed forward and then we dump it on you. (laughs) And then it doesn't give you the opportunity which you should have of asking questions or having a dialogue or a response. So you as the receiver of the feed forward should anticipate that you get to have time to process it and discuss it and be with it. And we as leaders need to learn not to dump it at the last minute because it's more difficult for us. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's a great perspective. And I can probably think of a few leaders who might be thinking right now, yeah, do I delay my feedback because it's uncomfortable? Absolutely. And I love the concept of feed forward, whether, and I guess that would go for both, like thinking about is your feedback helping them develop? And if you're in that feedback chair, hey, remembering this is helping me grow. I love that. I've got a question. I know this wasn't in our list of questions, but one of the things that, you know, you guys really emphasize is putting that power into that person that's receiving the feedback, like letting them know that, you know, Hillary, you had talked about um, checking in with yourself. Is it the right time? How do you say that to your boss if it's not the right time? If you're like, could I have some space? Like, how do you do that? Because you might often feel like the boss is going to give me feedback. I've got to take it um, because they're here. So how do you, what what advice would you give? First, you blame us. (laughs) I was listening to podcast. (laughs) Write down their names. Blame them. I was listening to this podcast, which was suggesting that feedback becomes more active because it's more... Um, received is more able to be absorbed when the receiver is in dialogue with the giver and setting up and establishing some of the boundaries. So I would love to suggest it probably, it has to be before that moment when the boss suggests I need to give feedback. So in a meeting, maybe a team meeting, Hey, can we try this? That we really check in with ourselves. Is this the time? So it's a, it's a culture shift. It's a request for trying something on and seeing if it works. If it's right in the moment, you can still call on us. Hey, I'm having one of those days. I so want your feedback. I would never have thought to do this before. I was listening to a podcast and they suggested to be honest as yourself and go, hey, I'm not quite in the place to receive it today things on my mind, things going on. I want to hear it. Can we plan for an hour later? Can we do it tomorrow? That kind of thing. So establishing the boundaries with the understanding that it's self-awareness that's guiding it. And Jen, I wanted to add that the fascinating thing coming from the performance world to the business world, and we've been here a long time now. Initially, what was fascinating was like, why are people so wigged out by feedback? What is going on? Feed forward. Like, why do we even have to call it feed forward? Why don't we just call it notes? Because (laughs) as actors, we get notes. We get notes in order to work better as a team towards the show. Like, what are we working on? Hey, Jen, I don't know if you've learned your lines, but it doesn't seem like it. (laughs) What's going on? (laughs) That line. Can you come in faster? The blocking we have there isn't working. All kinds of things. I'm not sure we figured out exactly what's happening in that scene. Let's take a moment and kind of step back and figure it out. None of that happens alone. It happens 
as a cast, as a team, as a group, feed forward, you know, notes, feedback is something that we all need to hear. So I know what you heard. And then we can extrapolate to the sports world, right? The teams get feedback generally all together after, uh, I was going to say after rehearsal, after a practice <laughs> or with actors after rehearsal. And the idea being, I need to hear the different feedback that's coming in. Somehow the business world has isolated it and we've done it more and more. Make sure you're giving feedback in a safe environment where you're alone, where no one else is hearing it. Like that idea as the giver of feedback. In the perfect world, I would love to invite teams to get feedback together. I have tried that. It doesn't work so well when you're not working with non-theater or sports people because the, the corporate and business world is so programmed that it's private. And what I'm working on, if other people are hearing that, it doesn't have that sense of team or safety at all. So I'm throwing that out as something in the, the world we live in, the world we want to live in. I think that the, the arts and sports world can really inform that notes and feed forward can be a group activity and a very supportive group activity. It will take a pretty major shift. So that's something to think about. And coming from that world, I was startled by all the boundaries that were needed around feed forward. So to Robin's point, yes, feed forward to both sides of it, training us as leaders or colleagues and how to give feed forward and as the receiver, how to understand how we're feeling about it, what we need, how much we can take in, and when might be the right time. You make me think of two, two things in this discussion. The, what you were just talking about, Hillary, is that we in a corporate environment, and I worked in corporate as well. I have a music background, a PhD in music. In a corporate background, we often set our metrics to performance or data as teams. Like you get bonuses because of how the team performed and, and you met certain goals. We don't often set metrics around how are we teaming? So we're giving people feedback as individuals saying either, well, first of all, we don't celebrate enough. <laughs> the feedback is never really ever positive feedback a lot <laughs> or because they say our brains can take in five times more negative thoughts than positive. We tend to go to the, the challenging or the negativity of information. So if we challenged ourselves as leaders and individuals with our teaming to say, how are we moving this forward as a team? We're all part of the play. We're all cast members if someone's not uh, quite gelling, what is my responsibility? Not just putting everything as a leader on one person, but thinking, how are we moving this together in this environment to, to get the great outcome? The other thought is that we often leave our feedback until 360s or until performance reviews. I'm like, Oh, no giving us feedback or feed for in a performance review. That thing happened six months ago and I've worked it out already with someone. So why are you telling me this now? I'm finding more and more people are like, tell me in the moment. Like, let's come to the table together in the moment so that we can work through it rather than holding it for a performance review <laughs> since six months from now. And there's absolutely nothing I can do about that. Yes, you both said such. I mean, I love first and foremost the yeah, like why wait? Absolutely. Why the <laughs> heck are we waiting? Why are we pushing it off? Like it's why aren't we making that a priority? But I also love the challenge that I think you got you are both like suggesting and throwing out there. Why aren't we able to start to hear feedback as a team, process feedback as a team? Why does it always have to be so individual? And I guess I think about <laughs> Not that I had a professional career in athletics, but I did play sport, you know, I did play sports in high school and middle school. And I do think about that. We, you know, if we were in the middle of a game, they were giving us feedback as a team. They weren't, you know, looking at us on our breaks and saying, okay, who can I talk to? Who can I talk to? And it didn't matter if you were on the bench or if you were there, we all had to take that feedback mm -hmm. into consideration. I love the way that you're suggesting that. And you're right, because there's absolutely, I hear the word feedback and maybe it's just like, can I use 
some feedback. And in my head, I'm either like, oh my gosh, or I'm like, you know, scared, annoyed, whatever that might be, right? Depending on who it's coming from. And you're right. I wish it could be something like, hey, here's some notes or here's some consideration. So I love both of the things that you both just shared. Just there's so much there of different ways we can even start to look at how to view feedback or notes as just information. And I, Mm -hmm. again, love that performance piece that, you know, again, if you're in the theater, you understand that you're putting on a show. And isn't that what we're all doing as a team anyways? Like Mm -hmm. you're, you're so spot on in that. And I don't hear enough people talk about that because we are so focused on that of being, you know, just it's the individual. And the last thing that I would add on the beginning of, you know, asking someone for feedback, how powerful to know going back to presence that, if you're not in the mindset, like I, I'm an emotional person, right? So if I, let's say, pour my heart into something, I don't do as well with it. I already know that. And I'm not also then in an immediate place for feedback. I need to like calm myself down, go through the motions and then come back. So I really appreciate you, I guess, giving permission to ask for that because I don't want to show up in hysterics and crying in a feedback interview, which is what I do when I'm not prepared. And there might be someone else that does that too. And and I'm sure that my boss or whoever is giving that feedback is like, oh my gosh, I can't, how do I get out of this? So you can Avoid yeah. the awkward conversations by giving oh. someone permission. I love that. And yeah. sometimes we're full. So emotional, yes, and also full. And if someone's adding feed forward and some information and our cup is full, it just spills over and it seems like we're not receiving it. And we aren't, probably not for the reason that is being assumed. It's not that we don't want it. It's that there's no room for it. So making sure as a receiver that we have space for it. And some of the language that we use and that I've learned along my journey is to use the language of what worked, what worked, and what do we need more of, less of, or different. So what a, what a, what worked for me, boom, boom, boom. And if we want this person to rock, we want this project to rock, what do we need more of, less of, or different? That energy is different than what I liked, or this is what happened when this happened. Now, I want to, I'm into my mind came that situation where someone is being pointed, it's being pointed out to them that something went wrong. There are moments where you need to say, whoa, this happened and we need to discuss this. Yes. We're discussing more the idea of how do we create a culture of feed forward? What's working? What do we want more of, less of, different? How do we have that be part of our process and our flow versus every six months, once a year? And it's so far back that we're not even sure. And we were different people then. The world was different. I think the pandemic right now is giving us first-time data feedback on the fact that what we suggested a month ago wouldn't even be what we suggested now. Like every time we turn around, everything's changing so much or not as not in the way we thought. So the idea of getting feedback from six months ago right now, you're like, whatever, sure. I'm sure I did that six months ago. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) So what worked is a different language than what I liked. And it's amazing how often we say what I liked. I liked when you did that. that I liked that. And you're like, cool. What was working? (laughs) I love that language around what works or like, here's what happened. Let me tell you where you went wrong. Like, cause then you're just like, okay, yeah, like lay into me for the next 60 minutes instead of saying like, there's a much different, more constructive and it feels collaborative. You know, one of the things that we had talked about earlier was um, in our pre-meeting was, are we creating bridges or walls? And I love that. Could you, could you explain what you, what you both meant by that? What are you doing if you're creating bridges or walls and feedback? Robin. (laughs) For me, bridges, uh, you know, there are a lot of different models out there when it comes to giving feedback. And it's often one way that Hillary was talking about the situation, you know, when the situation happened, here's what I observed and here's the impact it had on people. If we were to get curious with the person rather than leading with our perspective, we create a bridge rather than saying, here is the situation. That's a wall. 
Uh, because that's your perspective. If you say, hey, Robin, the other day something happened. I wondered what was going on with you. Talk, talk to me about what happened. Then you create a bridge for me to actually share my perspective and uh, what was happening with me. It also opens up a, a world of understanding for you as my leader. And then you might have your own personal aha moments because we can't know everything that's going on in in our team and in everyone's personal lives and what's happening between, you know, peers or with peers and clients. So getting really curious, create bridge rather than going, I'm going to use this thing that I've been taught because this gives me structure and it's been proven over and over again. And yet we may find that because of those structures, it, it just closes people down yeah. rather than pure curiosity. It, there are so many great tools out there. And how do we be aware of how we're responding to them? So if we have that idea of we have that structure, we come to the meeting, we're connecting, we're bonding, and then we drop the, the feedback right at the end. We're bridging, 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 we're connecting, we're having dialogue, and then we get nervous without even realizing it like the drawbridge pulls up draw or drops it off drawbridge boom and now it's a wall and i i want to make sure that we embrace the tools it's how we're using the tools and are we using them effectively to stay in dialogue if we're not as comfortable with the different feedback models or we've been told them as tips and tricks and not as how do I use, which tool is best for Jen? Hmm. So Jen, I have three different possibilities. The first thing I need to know is that Jen is really invested, really cares. Then probably what I need to do first is I need to get her talking about the project. So that idea of getting her talking about it, not talking about, hey, how was your weekend, right? Not that kind of conversation, but a conversation about what we want to explore feedback around. Hey, so last week, tell me about your experience with the project. How did it go with the team? How do you feel the process flowed? What was your role in it? Then I'm opening Jen up to share. If I come in and there are some other models that may suggest I, I'm trying to think they're different alphabets for them, right? Different. I don't, I don't want to call out one in particular. There's so many different ones, but that idea is this is a reaction I had. This is how I responded to something. What's yours? I can already set Jen up for a wall because she hasn't been invited into the conversation. Someone else might feel like, okay, great. Thank you. I needed to know that so I know where you're coming from. Jen want, may want to be heard first before you hear where I'm coming from first. And so recognizing that the person on the other side of the feed forward, and then if we're talking about a team, that's a different thing, right? If we're going to that perfect world where you're going to be giving feedback to your whole team at the same time, there's a different energy explored. I think we have to be aware that the wall is not only on the person receiving the feedback, that it's also on the giver and that you can so like communicate, communicate, and then wall and then lob your feedback over the wall and drop it in the other person's lap. So being aware that even if you started having a, hey, we, we totally did. We did. We got connected. I connected with Jen. I touched base. I see how she was going on. And then she didn't take the feedback well. Well, <laughs> probably because you didn't stay in dialogue. The bridge didn't remain and I have that little image coming and I've seen it happen. It's like, hey, it's good to see you. Good to see you. Wall. When I like lob it over to her and Jen's like, what just happened? I'm crying. <laughs> I'm actually probably crying at that point. <laughs> and the power of what works, right? So bridging also is the power of what is working. We so it's hard to see what's working. We tend to be really excellent at figuring out what's wrong and that as Robin mentioned, the brain goes to what's not working. And the analogy we use is if you're at a concert, I don't know if you remember that, we used to go to concerts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <at a> concert. <laughs> and if you're at a concert and the lighting is excellent, you don't think, 
this lighting is excellent, you think, wow, the music, the whole show is wonderful. If one spotlight is off, if one lighting cue goes awry, you're like, what up with that? We are quick to notice the things going wrong. We need to practice noticing what's working. I, I love the bridge concept, especially as myself, again, as someone that, and when I joke about my crying and stuff, this was much more in my 20s. Now I feel like I have a different approach towards it, but I like even the power that that gives me is like, how can I keep the bridge going in this? Because yeah. I, I want to work with that person giving me feedback. I want to have a great relationship with them. And there's an accountability that it's also up to me to keep that bridge like to put the bridge down. Yep. Like if I'm putting walls up, I'm not doing anything. And it's not just their fault for how they're packaging it, that there's some responsibility for how I want to yeah. show up. I love that. Yeah. You're empowered as a receiver to be able to get, get curious rather than to get this constant dialogue that we're inviting to get curious around what you're hearing, to have someone clarify words that they're using or perspective that they have. And uh, I can't imagine any leader or boss that wouldn't want to invite uh, a dialogue around my questions around something, right? Yeah. And, and I want to normalize something. We are beings that have emotion. Yeah. And I've heard many leaders say, I don't know what to do when I'm in my office and I'm giving feedback back when we were all in our offices. I'm giving feedback and this person starts crying. You know, it's it's two-way again. If we're someone that we hold our breath as we're receiving information, it will lead us to tears. Mm -hmm. And for leaders to know that all we have to do is invite people to breathe. Mm -hmm. And once you start breathing again, the tears dissipate. Yeah. So to feel co as comfortable with that as we feel with someone getting upset, anxious, angry when we're delivering difficult information. For some reason, it's easier for us to deal with that as leaders than it is to deal with the, oh my goodness, what do I do when someone starts tearing up? Just invite them to breathe. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a great reminder too. Like, oh, I'm, I'm emotionally flooded. I'm not there. I need to breathe. Like, and, I, and it segues, I think, perfectly into, you know, our next question, which is what prevents us from receiving feedback? What prevents us from doing that? Mm. Like, I know the breathing is there. If I'm so emotionally, like, disheveled, which sometimes I am, I'm not listening, like, because I'm just, or I have a tendency personally to go into shame spirals, right? Like, yeah. oh, I can't believe you did that. Like, can't believe you did that, Jen, you're such an idiot, right? I beat the crap yeah. out of myself before the leader even says anything to me. I'm like, I'm already down that road. And then I can't even hear the accolades that they might be giving me because I'm so far down the shame spiral. But I'm curious, like, what other things do you notice? Yeah, Robin. <laughs> this is something that connected to what we were talking about earlier. And I was working it through in my brain as you all were talking. How do you find the perfect fit for your, for your team? And how does that team fit into a, your corporate culture or your nonprofit culture? How, how, do, how do all those individuals fit together? Because when you say, how do we receive feedback? I know that in the past, I have received feedback because I'm a very strong woman. That's why I'm an executive coach. <laughs> yeah. I'm a strong woman. I have opinions. And Hillary's like, yes. And <laughs> if I was in an environment in my past where uh, feedback was used to keep people in their place, to keep people uh, sculpted to the specific culture, then my brain has those stories stored, you know, in my limbic system and neocortex so that now that I've moved to another company, maybe totally different culture, but now it's still the same thing. Someone wants to give me some feedback. My brain goes to that place in the past for neuroscience and it starts connecting all of that energy to this moment. So we have to be aware of where have people been? What has been their experience? Do we ever take time to ask our teams that? What's been your experience in the past with how you've received feedback? How would you like to receive it? Like ask them how they'd like to receive it. You so that we start getting a sense of the individuality, the, the past story it doesn't have to be our present story. We get to rewrite it. And it also helps me as an individual let go of that paradigm and go, 
huh, maybe I can breathe into this feedback. Maybe I can accept it as something that's really positive and good. You just gave me permission as a listener to look at again. And I think this is even more powerful, recognizing that feedback that was said at one company doesn't necessarily have to be true at that, you know, next company and that there could have been things given. Um, Like I think of a company that I worked for that even used to give people feedback on how they dressed their weight. Yes, I know these are all things you're not supposed to get feedback on, but they were. And, you know, then you can easily go into the next job and be like, do I look the part? Do I look this? Or, you know, we have that emotional baggage that comes sometimes from job to job when it comes to feedback. But I love that you gave the power back. Like just because I had that feedback once does not mean I need to anticipate or armor up or wall up waiting Mm -hmm. for that feedback to come. And is this feedback in the past even relevant to where I am today? Those are powerful things to think about as a feedback recipient. I love that. I hope someone else is feeling like, yes, I can (laughs) let go of that garbage feedback because it's not relevant anymore. That's just so powerful. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, with the receiving of it, I was thinking some feedback that someone gave me (laughs) is making sure that I was creating space for the giver of the feedback. And I was like, what? Because I am so in my mind of trying to like, what did I do? How did I do it wrong? How can I fix it? Okay, yes, yes, yes. I'll be better. I'll be better. I'll be better. And they were saying there's no room for me to give you some thoughts and have that dialogue. And I was like, wow. And that was from the performance world, right? So it's like, okay, I was so quick to let them know I was receiving it and I would switch it as fast as I could. And this is from being in the recording booth, right? I'm a voiceover actor. And I was like, yeah, I got it, I got it. So what happened was the producers would give me less feedback because I didn't give them space for us to have that dialogue and move things forward. They got worried about me. So my attempt to appear like I was really taking and I was going to fix it, put up a wall, a different kind of wall versus that bridge. And recently, I've been really working on the language around, yes, I want to take feedback. It matters to me. I want to be doing a better job. But if I beat myself up, who wants to give me feedback, right? That's not constructive. And how do I instead go, huh? I'm going to find the treasure in it. What's the treasure in the feedback? Regardless of how it's being given, how can I find the treasure versus beating myself up? And then I can move it forward. And it's definitely easier for the people around me, I think, from what I've heard. It's easier with that language. It's like, ah, what's the treasure in this versus I won't do it again. Ah, that. (laughs) What's the treasure in this? I love that. Giving you an opportunity to, again, feed forward or just look at the value. Like there are pieces of feedback that I even, I may not agree with how it was spoken. But when I sit back and reflect on it, I can agree with the sentiment, you know, and there's, there's a lot of value in feedback. And then sometimes there's feedback where, you know, we have to just discard, you know, like there's sometimes feedback that is just not relevant and, You know, I'm sure you guys get it too. Anytime you're in a public facing position, you're going to get all the feedback from people. And some of it's going to be super helpful. And some of it may not even be kind or relevant. (laughs) And that could be the treasure. The treasure can be, you know what? I'm aware that that doesn't fit this situation. And seeing it that way also acknowledges the person who sent the feedback that is not helpful or coming in the manner that was able to be heard too. So it's like, what's the treasure in it tends to open an energy. And it's connected to that idea of being vulnerable and available. Available allows me to set the boundaries for being present with it. Yeah. What's the concept of availability versus vulnerability for someone that may not be aware of that expression? Vulnerable from the theater world, from the performance world, is a super important place to be, to be connected to the the character, the other people on stage or in a film or musically, there's an openness that we flow through. And that when we take that to the corporate or business world, the boundaries within a performance create a safer container for that vulnerability. And I think in that movement out into the business world, We've 
missed that that vulnerability is really about me exploring me and being vulnerable to myself. Like you saying that going into that shame place, right? So you looking at what you're doing, it's not for you to be vulnerable to me and let, I don't have to know that. You're looking at yourself and how can you be vulnerable with yourself and go, wow, look at that. How am I receiving this feedback? How can I move out of that shame spiral? Renee Brown, the sociologist has really helped us use that word, bring that word into our vocabulary. You can, words are worlds, Robin said. (laughs) I love words are, wait, say that again. Words are worlds. Words are worlds. So we respond differently to words. So vulnerable may work for you perfectly. So use that. We have been introducing the term available because it tends to have an ability for me to set boundaries around it and to allow me to remain in relationship. As you can see, Rob and I are often about how do we stay with the bridge in relationship, in action with each other. Vulnerable can be a lot about the person, not necessarily about the relationship. My vulnerability is what am I sharing about me, me versus available. I'm going to have this much available. This is what I'm choosing. In a world that's demanding that professional means we're sharing a lot more, being able to have boundaries is ironically super important. (laughs) It's like, okay, or yeah. So you, those two words, take it or leave it, we generally say that vulnerable has a sense of being about self and available has to do about the relationship, which is important. Yeah. I love that. We don't have to drop everything. We can intentionally choose what's going to be appropriate. And I think that also brings us as you know, being relevant and having more honest conversations on the topic instead of going on tangents. Like we don't need to go down another rabbit hole by just dumping everything that we're feeling. We we can be intentionally available, but what's specific nice. in the situation? I love that. Just like giving yeah. a little bit more structure around that. So how can we show up? So I know you guys have many, t- like I'm not going to call them tips and tricks. I'm not calling them <laughs> tips and tricks, but just ways that people can receive feedback. How can we show up as a feedback receiver that can align with that executive presence or the person that we want to be? Um, you had a few different techniques or strategies. Maybe I'll kick it over to Robin. What are some yeah. ways that we can show up as a receiver? I think the first and primary thing that brings us into this world and takes us out of this world and keeps us connected to ourselves and to others is when we are receiving feedback or we get, we're getting ready to walk into a space or to a Zoom meeting and we know something's going to happen, we need to stay connected to our breath. Our breath is essential And we often hold it and cut it off, which has our thoughts leave us. Uh, We start the monkey mind. People call it the amygdala hijack, the cortisol spikes. Our breath keeps us us calm. And that mindset of, "I, I can get something out of this conversation, whether I agree with it or not. There is something here. I once learned from someone that you you chew the hay and you spit out the sticks. (laughs) If you can can learn as as an Oklahoma girl, if you can learn, I'm going into this meeting and there's going to be some hay and there's probably going to be some sticks. And I get to be intentional about what I receive and what I go, that was great. Thank you. And be done with it. I love that expression. Intentionally move forward. Yeah. But staying connected to your breath and getting really curious curiosity with questions that are open-ended, not yes or no, but open-ended, not for the sake of having someone prove to you why they're giving you this feedback, but curiosity and openness so that you can figure out where can this go? What does this need to be? How is this going to benefit the whole, not only me, but the team, the client, the company, like, and, and use that mindset as as you approach it. Now I'm speaking this. I am the worst person in the world receiving feedback. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I also am able to coach people because of that. Hey, let's try this because I understand what you're going through. Uh, I, I, I deal with it every day of my life. What am I going to chew and keep? What am I going to let go of? 
I love that. Chewing I'm going to give you two tricks. <laughs> Is it okay to give you tricks? <laughs> to add on to what Robin's saying. One is to keep your lips slightly parted so that you are receiving without your lips pursed. Wait, it's so amazing how happen. often we start to receive feedback like this. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. we cut off. We Keeping our lips. Yeah. <laughs> and we're ready to kind of respond. Keeping our lips slightly parted is super helpful to remain in relationship. The other one is to find a word that lets us, we, we speak on the exhale. So find a word that lets us exhale and get back on our breath. One of the misunderstandings is that we inhale. What we want to do is exhale. Huh. Tell me more, right? Or something. Can you tell me more? Let me understand what that word means. A phrase or a word that allows you to exhale to get back on your normal cadence of breath. When you're holding your breath, we want to exhale, not inhale. Huh. Mm -hmm. More on that. And if you space out, which so happens, if you want to inhale through your nose, it's an interesting feature. It's a stage feature. But if, Jen, you're giving me feedback and my mind leaves completely because of one thing you said, and now I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) If I... Inhale through my nose, which we don't tend to do when we're speaking. We inhale through our mouth. It can bring me right back to the moment. And it's totally a stage thing where you've lost focus and you're like, and I'm not telling you to sniff someone. <laughs> it's, the, it's, a, it's one of our senses that we don't use very much. And so it brings us right back to the moment. So lips slightly parted. Being aware that the exhale is important and that, that to get back with someone, not the, not the cortisol heightened thing, but the, like if I've gone off, to inhale through the nose to focus again, which brings us, those are tools. <laughs> I was joking about tips and tricks, tools for what Robin was saying about remaining in that relationship. I love that. And even having that word, like I, I almost want to call it a processing word because that's how yeah. it sounds for me. It's just like, like huh. And then huh. exhaling and giving yourself a beat to at least reflect on that. You know, again, reminding yourself, how do I want to respond to this feedback or what's the treasure? Because you did give so many valuable insights. I, I love the process word. Like process pause. That's we can call it, we can coin it as that. Huh. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Huh. Yes, but huh. I think that's powerful because then we're not also responding. Our first word isn't, well, that wasn't right. Like that's not me or whatever the defensive word might, which might be. And I think the huh is again, that curiosity word. Like for, so that's why I really like that a lot. Um, and the other things that they said, you know, throughout this podcast, I just want to reiterate, like setting boundaries as a receiver, taking back your power, reminding yourself, is this a good time? And if not, yes. when would be, I mean, that one, I think I just want to, Yeah, I, that could have saved me. Where were you guys 10 years ago, early on in my career, 15 years ago, I could have really benefited from that. Like, <laughs> you know, you, you brought up earlier, how do I use this with my boss and my manager and my leader, uh, my board, it could be a lot of different things. And it's the way that we, we enter into it. You know, if I say to you, Jen, I really want to hear what you have to say. And I need 30 minutes. Can we have that? Or I need to hear this tomorrow. Can we have that? So that you, you're, you're setting it up. You appreciate it. You're open to it. You're going to be available. And I need the space for it to happen. I I love just thinking about putting it as later because even if I go back to some jobs I've had, like I might have done a really big meeting project, whatever you want to say, but then I'm done with it. I have a half hour and then I'm on to the next thing. And so if I really want to hear it, 
I can't just take it in that half hour because I'm already trying to think about what's my next meeting got to look like? What do I have to do before then? And so I'm not hearing it anyways, or I'm half hearing it. And then chances are, I'm probably not hearing it in the appropriate way. That's going to think about the bridge. Definitely not doing that. I might be trying to either get it through. I might become more defensive because I'm just trying to get out of the feedback situation. So I love that point. Can you guys tell how fun I was probably um, to give feedback to? (laughs) I want to also mention that 15 years ago, the culture was different. And to honor the habits we create were part of the time in which they were created. So we create habits to succeed, not sabotage ourselves. So honor yourself that at the time, that might have been what worked then. And it's a different world now. And before, I don't know if we were able to have the the two-way conversation. Yeah, it's a different world. Yeah. And recommend recognizing that emotions exist. I just mm-hmm. love this revolution and the fact that we're finally acknowledging that people can't halfway walk into work without a part of themselves. Like that emotions are there. Right. right. Um, Hillary and Robin, how do people get in touch with you? How can they work with the team at Articulate? Like, how can they, you know, maybe use this to improve like their own presence as a team? Maybe even I hear you guys to talk about how they can start to receive team feedback, which again is one of my favorite things. I'm like, how could we create a team feedback culture? But how do people get in touch with you? <laughs> they put it up on the. <laughs> oh, you can, that. you can, we love to talk to people in this COVID environment. <laughs> If you're over Zoom or email, please call us and we'll reach back. We can create a meeting, 303-868-3889. We would love to either coach you, your groups, one-on-one. We do both. And we also facilitate. So if you have teams that need to have some communication and you want to learn some new, as we're calling it, tips and tricks. (laughs) (laughs) Discipline and techniques. You want to learn some new ways of being, as I say, as a coach. Yes. And the verb. Yeah. We would love to support you in that. Definitely. Yes. And link with us. We have our website. We have a newsletter. LinkedIn. Call us, though. Robin loves to have the conversation. She's really excellent at that discovery call for an individual or for teams to figure out what is needed, what would be helpful. So she's wonderful to talk to about that and go on that journey. Well, from my personal experience, I think what you provide is invaluable. Again, if I could have had someone, because I do think part part of my failures in my career was the inability to receive feedback and and see it in a way that preserves the type of leader that I want to be seen as the type of leader I want to show up as. And so I think the work that you're doing is so valuable. Um, You know, I, I especially see it around this topic just because I do think that how I received feedback really created in my first career, like it, it created a lot of my bad moments, my, my perceived failures. And granted, I'm very happy for those, but I wonder what my life would have looked like actually mm. if I had just been a better feedback receiver. Oh. And, you know, I, I think that's so important. Um, Dr. Robin Miller, Hillary Blair, thank you so much for giving us your time, your expertise. We really greatly appreciate it. And I hope that you guys connect with the team. You're going to hear more in our bumper on how you can get in contact. But thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And I hope you have a fabulous day. Thank you, Jen. Thank you. you rock. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast episode with Hillary Blair and Dr. Robin Miller. I know that I did, and I found a lot of new valuable insights for how I can look at feedback, and I love taking back their power. If you want to connect with them, you can give them a call for a consult, see how they can help your organization develop better presence within your leaders, as well as communication. You can find them at articulatefarc.com. In addition, if you want to find out more about Crestcom, head on over to Crestcom.com. We would love to talk about how we can develop your leaders or even offer a free leadership skills workshop. And last, if you enjoyed today's podcast episode, don't forget to share this with your friends and leave us a review on your favorite podcast streaming service.